Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. My next guest is a longtime friend, a longtime media and communications expert. Teresa Tamio is an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, motivational speaker with more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, newspapers, 20 of which were at Secular Reporter Anchor in the Detroit market. And she's also a travel expert. She's a travel coach specializing in Italy with Tease Italy. Please welcome Teresa Tamio. T, how are you? Hey, be great to talk to you. And I love talking about all things Italy. I know you do. I've learned a lot about Italy from you. And I've had the pleasure of visiting Italy about three times myself. T, how many times have you been to the homeland, the Italy, your family heritage, your family homeland? Um, I probably... It's probably be close to 70 times already. I was thinking about this year. We just got back at the end of June. As you know, we were there for two months. We spent a lot of time there now that my husband has retired from his um, former secular position. So we were thinking about that and all the trips that we've done and all the conferences I've covered and all the work-related items. Plus, we fell in love with it so quickly, we kept going back. So close to 70 times probably by now. So you and your husband, uh, Deacon Dominic, are both from Italy. Your families are from Italy. So you're both 100% Italian, correct? Correct. We have yeah. full FBI's, as we say, full-blooded Italians. My <laughs> husband's uh, father was from the Abruzzo region, which is along the Adriatic. If you're looking at central Italy and you look at Rome, you go straight across. The Abruzzo region is there along the water. Also has a lot of mountainous towns and everything very beautiful. And then his mom was from Naples, which is south, just north of the famous Amalfi Coast, the city of Naples. And then my uh, mother's mother was from a beautiful area, a very, very, very uh, kind of sparse, but very lovely area in the southern part of Italy, the mainland called Basilicata. And then her father was from Campania, up in the hills in Campania, which would be like south of Naples and the Amalfi Coast. And then my father, both his parents are from Calabria. So every single parent, grandparent, and we've actually, I actually have the papers when they came over, I have all the documentation where they live and actually visited the towns of my heritage, all of them. It's just been amazing in terms of journeying on that path to, to really learn more about my my heritage. So T, you obviously it's your family culture, you and Deacon Tom, but when did you become so passionate about it that you have turned this into being a, a travel coach? Well, you know, it started the first time we went, which was I think in 2000, so 23 years ago. And right away when we were there, Dominic and I noticed that we just felt so at home and a lot of the habits, the people, were, were doing that their regular routine was very familiar to us because our grandparents would do the same thing the way they would sit on the porch or on the east coast where i'm originally from they'd sit on the stoop everybody goes outside in italy and they hang out and they talk and the way they drink their wine and the way they drink their coffee and, and these things that we saw growing up in an italian american household we felt very very comfortable and the beauty really just took our breath away i knew that people said italy was be- was beautiful but i just had no idea and so just the incredible beauty and the uniqueness of the regions we just kept going back to different areas and just said you know this is where we want to spend most of our vacation time and it just became such a passion and then i noticed that people would be asking me and i started doing pilgrimages when i moved into catholic radio but people would ask me well can you give me some advice on a trip where should i stay in rome where should i stay in venice what do i do in the amalfi coast should i go all the way down to the south where do i go blah 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 how much time and so i was writing these really long emails 
And a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Meg Meeker, who's a well-known pediatrician who's out there doing great stuff, she was going on a trip with her daughters, her two daughters to Italy. And I, I wrote her a whole itinerary just off the top of my head. And she said, this sounds like a book. You need to do more with this. And then our friends at Corporate Travel in, uh, no in John Northville, Hale. John Hale said, yeah. T, you, you've got to use this. You've got more knowledge than most travel agents. So you really should think about being a travel coach and consulting with people. And that's how T's Italy was born. So it really was just a... It was a passion of mine in wanting people to get the most out of the trip because you're you're doing that long flight across the pond, you're spending all that money, and yet so many people don't even know where to begin because there's so much to see and do in Italy. So I just felt a real responsibility to help people navigate that, and that's how I started Tees Italy. I know, T, we've talked in the past, and one of the biggest mistakes, and you can elaborate on this, is people try to cram too much in a short period of time. There's just you really want to soak it in. You know, the last time I went to Italy, I actually got to spend more time in the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel than I did the first time I went because the, the crowds weren't as big. And it was so wonderful right. that I, I did. And that was our, the, our, our thing to do that day was Vatican. So I was like, I was really enjoying it because I didn't feel rushed. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that. So we have a trip coming up in November and we call it the Dolce Fide, the sweetness of faith. And we have about 30 people signed up. We still have some room. And one of our pilgrims writes me, a sweet lady, and she says, well, when we get to Rome, how come we have a whole morning free? She said, that must be a mistake, right? And I wrote her back and I said, no, it's very purposefully put in there because we're giving them after their first full day in Rome, which is so overwhelming, as you mentioned, sometimes depends on where they start. They may start at ancient Rome. So they go to the Colosseum and the Forum, or they may start in Christian Rome and see all the famous churches. But either way, once you see that, you need some time to reflect and kind of think about what you've actually witnessed and seen. And many people like to have that morning off so they can either maybe go back to St. Peter's, go back to one of the museums, or just really go to Piazza Navona, have a coffee, have a cappuccino, and just think and slow down. Too many people need a vacation from their vacation when they come home, especially from Italy. I get requests on my on my website, travelitalyexpert.com. I ask people to fill out a questionnaire if they want a consultation. And they'll say, oh, we've got a week, and we want to do Rome, Venice, Florence, Assisi, and if we have time, we want to go now to the Amalfi Coast. Well, that's almost physically impossible, but even if it were possible, you are not going to remember a thing because you're going to be rushing from place to place. So my, my advice always is to limit the amount of exposure to the various sites and give yourself plenty of downtime in between. It will be so much more worthwhile for you. Hey, I want to elaborate on the word reflection. And you talked about this on your show the other day. Uh, and we we talked about it and you were reading an article from the National uh, Harvard Review, right? Business Review. Right. About reflection. Right. And, you know, as a coach myself, I do leadership and, and management coaching and team building coaching. I often encourage clients to reflect every day, like spend 15 minutes reflecting on what you did well today at work. How can you improve tomorrow? How is your team building? How's your leadership style? Let's talk about reflection uh, for, for a little bit about why that's so important, especially when you're doing pilgrimages and just soaking in what you've learned, what you're observing and how this is affecting your life. Right, and, and I think if we if we look at the statistics and that Harvard research article was fascinating because they're talking yeah. to really to business, business executives and saying how important it is for businesses to assess where they've been so they could go into the future. And not just like long term, we're talking short short term, as you said, V, how did this meeting go? How did this, you know, 
uh, production effort go? Or how did this, you know, campaign that we just did, if they're in marketing or whatever, go? To sit there and, and, and look at, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But also, in terms of when you're on pilgrimage or when you're on a tour, even if it's not, quote unquote, a religious pilgrimage, pilgrimages in general are skyrocketing in terms of, of a theme. There's an article that came out a while ago, right after COVID, saying that this is the new type of way to travel pilgrimage because people are actually seeking now places where they can go to contemplate and to reflect on their life. And Italy is a big part of that because of the opportunity it affords with the different hiking and the different beautiful sites and the artwork and the nature, whether it be the ocean or the mountains. And so people are recognizing, I think, coming out of COVID, how much more they need to spend time with their family, with their friends, but also if they're a person of faith, A, with God, but B, at least just slowing down, you know, stopping to smell the roses, that old saying, it's it's really, really important to do that. It, it, it gives you a, a sense of peace. It gives you a sense of focus. You can go back to your true north and understanding where you are in your life and where you need to go, whether you're doing it from a religious perspective or it's just something you want to do to, to regain focus. We need to do that. We need to get back to that. And businesses have been doing it for a long time. That article I quoted actually from Harvard, I think was from 2014. Yeah, they're, they did. They T, I did some research after I heard you talking about that because they've written it in 2014 then, and they revised it in 17 and then did an update in 22. So it's, it's obviously uh, very significant in terms of reflecting in corporate America and as leaders and managers, but in life in general. And, you know, I, you, you mentioned taking the time to stop and smell the roses, roses. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about everything's coming up rosy with your new book about your mom in a second, but I want to just add something to Teresa talking about Italy, specifically about Rome. When I, one of the things that really stood out for me, T was the fact that all around me, as I was touring the Vatican, were people speaking languages from around the world. This is truly mm -hmm. a global destination, right? But you don't have to be Catholic. You don't even have to be Christian. There were all kinds of people visiting the Vatican and because it, it's it's also historical and it's beautiful. So can you speak to that, that you, know, you don't have to be Catholic to appreciate the Sistine Chapel or of tour the Vatican? Well, art appreciate people who appreciate art go to Rome and go to Italy because Italy and, and, and of course because the Catholic Church uh, contains most of these these beautiful pieces of art, they're visiting these churches because that's where they're housed. But if you look at the percentage of people that that visit uh, the Vatican or visit, for example, some of the other the major basilicas, uh, you know, Saint Mary Major, Saint Paul outside the walls. St. John Lateran, a lot of them, a good percentage of them, as you said, are not coming at it from a faith basis. They're coming at it actually from an appreciation or they're studying art. How many students go to Rome or go to Florence, for example, right? The Renaissance city to sure. see the great artworks of these great artists. Now it, it has a very strong faith component because many of these great artists were painting for the church and were commissioned by the church to do some of these great pieces, even if they didn't do things that were necessarily religious. So yeah. yeah, it is so universal. And I think that's really great because, you know, the Catholic church gets a bad rap a lot of the times and certainly we've had our problems, but the church has done a great service to the world by preserving these art pieces and also refurbishing a lot of art as well. They have a whole tapestry in the Vatican called the Gallery of Tapestries. Yeah, and as that was beautiful. The, ah. Yeah, it's beautiful. As a member of the Vatican Patrons of the Arts, which is members from all walks of, all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life, what we do is we have chapters around the country and the world and we donate money so they can refurbish 
pieces of art to share with people. And sometimes yeah. they're religious, sometimes they're just from, let's say, a famous palace somewhere. And it's a famous scene and, and just the, the intricacy of the, of the piece of art is so incredible. So it really is a place to, to see the universal world together and to open your mind and your eyes to the beauty of the world, to beauty. And it's just so interesting to me to see such interest in these pieces of art, how people come again from all walks of life to walk into St. Peter's, just to look at the structural magnificence and magnificence of something like St. Peter's. How did they do it? That's the reflection, right? How did they build these, these monuments to God or these other great castles and buildings around Europe? How did they do this? That in itself should cause you to stop and reflect and to think. Keith, that you, you know, just like the churches in the remote areas or up these hills, you go up a hill and you're like, how did they build this church hundreds of years ago and it's right. still standing in this remote area? It, it, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting about Italy is the reason there are so many walled cities, uh, for example, in Umbria and Tuscany, just to name two regions, Italy wasn't united until, you know, not too long ago. So they were constantly at war with each other. And so many of the reasons that these towns are built on top of the hill was to protect them. And many of the reasons they had walled cities was to protect them. And they're still preserved because they were built so well. So not only is it a great uh, walk through through art, but it's a great walk through human history to go to these places, especially in Italy. And so it's just a great experience. But you need time again to reflect because when you get to Assisi, right, you stand at the top of the mountain if you go up to the Hermitage. And even if you're not interested in the life of St. Francis or St. Clair, many people are because uh, obviously St. Francis is popular with so many people in and outside the church. But just the views from Assisi, if you're standing outside Santa Chiara, St. Clair's, looking over the Umbrian Valley, or if you make your way up to the Hermitage, or even if you're down at St. Mary the Angels in the beautiful streets of, of Lower Assisi, those that type of beauty should cause you to pause and reflect. And mm -hmm. to me, it just makes me so grateful to God that I can see and I can hear and take in all these sights and sounds. But we have got to slow down. I mean, I think we've learned this. I think we've come out of COVID and we've learned with the isolation and everything that we have got to make sure that we are taking things uh, a lot more slowly and just being so careful to make sure we're spending time in the right places and reflection and traveling to a beautiful place to reflect more is a great thing for all of us. We're talking with Teresa Tamio here on It's Your Community. She's an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, a motivational speaker with more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, and newspapers. She's the author of several books, including her latest, Everything Coming Up, Rosie, which was dedicated to her mother, Rosie. So T, tell us about that book and what inspired it. Well, that's another book really about reflection because you and I know you, our, our uh, cultural backgrounds are very, very, very familiar. Yeah. I, you know, we always laugh from, uh, when <laughs> I was at your wedding. I felt like I was at an Italian wedding. You know, yeah. Italian wedding. The Chaldeans <laughs> and Italians are so much alike in terms of culture and food and family and affection. Yeah. And your mom, like my mom, would throw out these sayings when I was growing up. And I'd roll my eyes and I'd say, oh, yeah, whatever. And then the older I got and, you know, with the struggles in my career and even my own, you know, personal situation at times, I realized what common sense my mom made. And so what I did is I, I looked at things like offering it up to God or in my mom's Jersey accent. And I, I write it out phonetically because my mother is originally, and so am I from the East Coast. And she had a very strong accent, Jersey accent, even up to the day she died. I spell it out like offer it up to God, pull it at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. Remember the blessed mother is watching you. Listen to your mother. <laughs> she has a chapter in there about uh, you want a pool, go fill up a garbage can, which is a true story. She told us she got tired of us complaining about not having pools. So she told us to fill up a garbage can. But what I do is I take each of those sayings and I stop and reflect on how true they are 
in our life today, looking at the way people are lost, the way society, as you know, has lost its focus. And what did our parents' generation mean when they were saying these things to us, which are actually so many women and men, when they read the book, they say, oh my gosh, my mom or my dad said the same thing, said a little bit differently, but basically the same theme. So it really is again about reflecting and thinking about the important things in life and thinking about common sense, which you and I know is not so common anymore. No, absolutely not, unfortunately. And and T, you know, in terms of going, I want to go back to T's Italy and uh, uh, the pilgrimages. You know, you've been there more than seventy times. Can you t- share with our listeners about how it still changes you as a person, enhances your life? You you know, even though you've seen many of these places, there's always something new to experience. And can you tell tell us about that? About how you reflect and it changes your own life. I think I think for me because we're both very busy and you know you and I have a very similar you know career path in terms of doing daily radio shows and speaking yeah. and writing and always being out there you know addressing contemporary issues I think just to be able to just um, as we say in Italian uh, understand la dolce far niente the sweetness of doing nothing which is really doing something uh, to, to have the ability every day and when I'm over there for 2 months at a time I still do my radio show but then when I'm off the air I'm done. And, and I just leave it behind me and I go sit out on a balcony or a patio somewhere and I look over a valley or I look over a stream or I go to a new city. And just seeing that beauty, it just brings me such peace and such calm. And I also think the other important thing, B, is realizing that guess what? It's not all about us. When you are looking yeah. at such <laughs> magnificence, whether it's just a beautiful field of sunflowers or if you're on the, the Italian coast or if you're in a cute little very quaint town and you see the, the the loveliness and the flowers and the detail that people the love they have for preserving their village you realize there's something bigger than yourself and that helps you keep things in perspective so that's one of the reasons my husband and I keep going back to Italy because there's always new things to discover there's always another village there's always another little church another little art museum and just another field to look at or more flowers to see and we're always discovering something new now I've been to Umbria oh my gosh dozens of times but mainly going to, of course, Assisi for St. Francis and Ordovieto, which is very important in the Catholic faith. By the way, it has great white wine there too, the Ordovieto Superior. Just, just to say that, just to get out the, the wine in that region is very, very good. But Ordovieto itself is, to me, so important because it is a place where you can go and you can see not only the history with that church and, and the basilica there, which is dedicated to the Blessed Mother and the, the feast of Corpus Christi. But I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. There's a whole underground, it's called the Orvieto Underground. Mm. And people in, in early on actually had their pigeon coops, their wine cellars, that's where they kept and made their olive oil. And even to this day, under the town of Orvieto, which is an Etruscan, old Etruscan town built on the top of a mountain, the restaurants and homes, every place, everyone that lives in ta- in the Orvieto town on top of the hill has one of these underground caverns that they still use for refrigeration, for storage. And then there's this whole history about life underground. I never knew that. And so that's wow. something new that I did not know that I learned two years ago when I went. So there's always something new to discover when, when you have a country that has so much history. So it makes you feel, makes you understand that there's a world out there well beyond your world and again that yeah. it's not all about you what a, what a, an important message and reflecting and yeah. you know it's so important that we we see history we understand history and what people did prior to us and the, the contributions right. they have made to society and how it affects our lives today mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially well, how about this? So we were, we were, we were there and they were there in June and in June in this beautiful town called Spello, which is on the other side of Assisi to the right of Assisi. Spello was known as the city of flowers in July. So just about this, I think it was actually just this past weekend, they have something called the flower festival where they compete for the most beautiful balconies and the most beautiful porches with flowers, flower pots, hangings, designs. But on the feast of Corpus Christi, which for Catholics is in June, what they do V is phenomenal. They have these artists who decorate the streets with flowers and they make images, not only religious images, but when you walked into the village of Spello, the first thing you saw this time, and we were there just in June for the Feast of Corpus Christi, is they had these images of, uh, let's see, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, and several other notable persons who've made a difference in world peace and 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 caring for the most vulnerable. So you see all these, even Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, and then you walk beyond that and you see the Ten Commandments or you see a scene from the Sistine Chapel. This wow. is all in flowers on the streets of Spello. Wow. And exactly where is Spello again, T? Where is that? Spello is in Umbria. It's just to the, if you're coming to Assisi and you keep going to the right of Assisi, it's east of Assisi, but it's this... <laughs> quaint little town but they're known for flowers so spello is a city of flowers and then if you keep going you're going to run into another town called risalia which is a city of streams and is this little town with all these water these water mills and rivers flowing through it and has images of the women washing their clothes in the river and it's known for its its textiles it's just it's crazy and this is all in one region of italy wow so there's a never-ending discovery of different beauty and, and different lifestyles that's wonderful. We're talking with Teresa Tamio here on It's Your Community, a longtime uh, syndicated Catholic talk show host, a uh, longtime reporter in the secular media with more than 30 years of experience, TV, radio, and in print. She's the author of several books, uh, and she's also uh, the founder of Tease Italy, where she consults people. She's a travel coach uh, specifically for Italy. T, is there, are there areas of Italy that are still on your bucket list? Yes, believe it or not. <laughs> There's so much more to see, even though I've been yes. there 70 times. I really want to, we had a plan to go to Trieste, which is way, way northeast. It's a home of sparkling wine. And we wanted to go from Trieste over into Slovenia and Lake Bled, which is supposed to be gorgeous. So that's one area. I still want to see more of the mountain region. Uh, we've been to Piedmonte. We've been to the Lake District, Lake Garda, you know, uh, Lake Cuomo. Uh, uh, and Lake Mondago di Maggiore, but we have not been up in the Alps except to cross over into the border. So I want to spend some time up there. And then I also want to go back to Calabria, where my father's family is from. I've been there, but haven't spent a lot of time there. We only went a day and saw Reggio, where my grandparents were, were born. So I want to spend more time in Calabria and more time in Sicily. And I haven't gotten to Sardinia yet, which is on my bucket list. I don't think you, you could spend a lifetime examining and visiting Italy and you'll never, you'll never, you know. Yeah grow tired of it. So let me ask you this team, when people call you for consulting and they've never been to Italy before, and they say, we want to take a trip to Italy. What do we do? What is your go-to? Well, I first asked them, and that's why the questionnaire is so important to kind of get a feel of what they're looking for. So people can go, if they just want to check it out, travelitalyexpert.com. And so we have a basic questionnaire. When would you like to go? What do you have in mind? What would you like to do? So if people really don't know, I have to get them on the phone and sign them up for a consultation so I can just kind of see, okay, well, what do you like to do? If they like museums, 
if they like to do if, if they want a more faith-based pilgrimage. But I would say definitely um, you would you would start or end in Rome. I like to have people end in Rome because if you're leaving from the main airport there, it's just a little easier logistics wise. But I would say if you, if you want to see a lot of the highlights, I wouldn't do too much. I would maybe do um, Rome, Assisi, and Florence. But if you're going to be in Assisi, spend a little bit more time in Umbria, maybe go over to Spello, maybe allow yourself to go to Orvieto. You know, give yourself two or three days in, a, in, in stay in one place. And Umbria is very drivable. So you can be anywhere in the Umbrian region within 45 minutes to an hour. But give yourself time in the off the beaten path places in addition to seeing the major highlights. But if you only have a week, and that's what most people take, I really think people should do nothing less than 10 days. But if you only have a week, you could comfortably do Rome and say maybe a CC, I would say half the time in Rome, half the time in a CC, and then maybe do a day trip to Florence. I wouldn't move around too much if you only have a week to 10 days. Mm -hmm. I would plot myself in two areas, maybe do a couple of day trips, but really spend time in the central region of Umbria, which is called the green heart of Italy, because it's the real Italy in terms of the little towns and the food and the natural way of living. But again, Rome is always great, Florence, Assisi. And if you wanted to go down south, and that would be a whole different itinerary, the Amalfi Coast is gorgeous. It's very commercial, unfortunately, but there are ways to get around that. And I'd be happy to help anyone if they want to check it out at TravelItalyExpert.com. Hey, uh, just a couple minutes left with you here on It's Your Community with Teresa Tamia. What else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go? I would I would hope people would take a look at our pilgrimages that are coming up, including the one this fall. It's a great trip. We're spending a lot of time in Umbria. We're going to be in Assisi. We're going to be in Ordovieto. We're going to be in Viterbo, which is a really cool historical city. We're going to go to, if you like archaeology and history, you're going to go to Tarquina to learn all about the Etruscans, which is fascinating. And we're also going to the medieval towns of Narni and Todi. And you don't, you know, it is a, a faith-based pilgrimage, but we're not forcing the faith on you. If you don't want to come to mass with us, that, that's fine. You don't have to. But it's a great trip. We have a lot of people who come with us who aren't coming from a faith perspective, but they want a really good tour. We yeah. have the best guides, the best hotels, great food, wine tastings, plenty of time for shopping and reflecting. And that's coming up in November. And all the info is at my website. TeresaTamio.com and also TravelItalyExpert.com. Teresa Tamio here on Itcher Community, a syndicated Catholic talk show host, motivational speaker, author, and been in the media for more than 30 years. T, thanks for joining us here on Itcher Community. Thanks, V. Ciao. Ciao. Any questions, comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can reach me, Vanessa Denhagarmo, by going to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can email me from there. You can also find me on any of my social media platforms, Vanessa Denhagarmo, on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.